Welcome to episode 225 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, we review round three of the 2022 NRL season. We discuss the NRLW final series, our top 13 rugby league players on reality TV, and much more. Join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 225 of the Rugby League Republic podcast, where we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I'm your co-host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, how are you doing, my friend? What's well, new? What's What's new? I don't know, Dr. T. I, uh, uh, to be honest, I got a little aggro uh, after Friday night. You know, somebody... Somebody said the word tiger, and I just had to say, "Hey, get my get your get my team's <laughs> name out of your beep mouth." And yeah, I was just uh, yeah. So I've got to say yeah. So it's been disappointing for me um, as a tiger supporter, but I think it's been positive for me as an NRL supporter because I think so far three rounds of NRL rugby league so far, and to be honest, some great games again. Um, I think probably, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think the probably the game that I was, uh, well, there was some absolute smashes, but I think, uh, yeah, but, but we'll get, get into that a bit later. But how about yourself, Dr. T? How, how have you been? Oh, look, I've been good. I'm, I'm, I have to say, Tish, I think uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that you were so easily <laughs> triggered by <laughs> by an insult to the Tigers, yes. considering you should be sensitized by now, <laughs> Des- desensitized. To uh, to the tiger insults, yeah. Um, just as I have been as a a long-standing Eels fan, uh, you know, you, you're going to need a little bit more than a a joke in front of millions of people to embarrass this parameter Eels fan and to force me to slap you silly. You know, it's <laughs> no, not going to happen. Absolutely okay. not going to happen. All right. But All look, right. you are of course referring to something which we will talk about later. That has uh, been uh, the the hit of not quite NRL standard. Let's just say um, probably under 13 standard hit that has reverberated around the world. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> this nothing to do with rugby league. But look, we've got lots to get to. So shall we just launch into our six tackles? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go with tackle one, the round three. Review. Here we go. All right. So round three was uh, the multicultural round. I will go through the results and then we'll give a brief comments on some of the games. Uh, so here we go. Cronulla Sharks, 36 over St. George Laura Dragons, 12. The Warriors defeated the Tigers, 16 points to 12. Um, South Sydney uh, defeated twenty uh, defeated the Sydney Roosters twenty eight to sixteen in front of a pretty good crowd of eighteen thousand at a core stadium. Panthers smashing the Knights thirty eight to twenty. 
the Eels doing it, uh, you know, in style, uh, 28-24 against the Melbourne Storm. Um, the Raiders coming from behind to defeat the Titans 24-22. The Cowboys 38-12, an absolute shellacking of the Broncos in front of a huge 37,000 uh, crowd at uh, Suncorp Stadium. And finally, Manly 13-12 uh, in uh, in front of 13,000 or so um, uh, against, uh, against Canterbury Bankstown. And so... Look, Tish, I've got, you know, being a uh, multicultural round, I do have a, uh, a one-word multicultural uh, description of wow. what a summary of, uh, you know, I managed to do it in one word in different languages. Unbelievable. So if you're willing to, if you, if you bear with me, I'll go through each one. And then what we'll do is we'll, I'll, I'll pause and I'll let you reflect on maybe your highlight of the round. So, look, back to the Sharks. The Sharks obviously uh, smashed the the Dragons 36 to 12. And so the comment there is it was, and (laughs) I'm going to butcher these, Torir Freck, which means smashing in Welsh. Obviously, Dragons Mm. being the Welsh, uh, they got smashed. Warriors 16 to 12. It was Sogo, which means close in Fijian. Wow. Wow. there you go. South Sydney, 28-16 over the Roosters. Muy bueno was the description of the game and obviously for the Rabbitohs as well, which means very good in Spanish. Um, Pamela, 38-20 over Newcastle Knights. Uh, apologies if I mispronounce this. Faka Ofo Ofa, which means awesome. In Tongan. Tongan. Obviously, wow. we've got the Tongan connection there Yeah, for the Penrith Panthers. Shout out to the Tongan boys there. Mm. Yeah, which is nobody, right? They're all Samoan, right? Oh, aren't they Tongan? No, no. I believe they're Samoan. Oh, well, then, well, then let me change it to <laughs> whatever. To- oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Polynesian. Oh, you're right. Is there a, there's no Tongan. Is there a Tongan in Newcastle? Sorry. No, no. But there is, there is, there is one. For the Cowboys, of course. But anyway, we'll get that. You're right. So you're right. Someone, let me. Well, you know, you know, Tish, to avoid embarrassment, let me actually do this in real time. Um, what was the word again? It was. It was awesome. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna look it up in real time in someone to make amends for my mistake. Here we go. Matagofi. Matagofi. Matagofi, and I'll, I'll just, uh, yeah, Matagofi, which means awesome in Samoan. Apologies there to, uh, uh, I thought <laughs> I thought we had some Tongans there as well. There you go. Um, Eels versus the Storm, Magnifico. Uh, mm. Obviously, the Italian, the Ligon Street crowd in Melbourne uh, wouldn't feel that way, but I believe as an Eels fan, they would. Uh, magnificent game there. It was actually a very, very good quality game. So there you yeah. go. Um, the Raiders at 24-22 over the Titans is, I would say, Spannend, which is exciting in German. Mm. I have no reason why I picked German. I just wanted to. There you go. Um, the Cowboys 38-12 is Wakama, which means embarrassing in Maori. Wow. I like and it. And I think it's embarrassing for the Broncos, uh, you know, absolutely. And finally, 
the Seagulls, 13-12 over the Bulldogs. Zatforite, which is close in Serbian. Obviously, mm. shout out to the Trebojevic brothers there in, yes. in the Seagulls. So there you go. That was my attempt to bring in a very simple summary of each of the games in a multicultural way. Tish, let me hand to you uh, and we'll talk about maybe our highlight of the round. There were lots of good games, lots of good highlights and lowlights, but what was your perhaps uh, top highlight of the round? Okay. Well, look, what, what I'll do, uh, I, I think I I, lo- I love all the effort that you've gone into this, Dr. T, and I love all the summaries that you have in one word, um, but there's one that I disagree on, and, and I just want to give you my suggestion here, and that is the Storm Parramatta game with the golden try. Uh, I believe that the Italian word we need to look for is bitera, if I'm saying that properly, which means stone. And when I mean stone, I mean raystone, right? <laughs> <laughs> because Ray Stone was the star. Like, he scored the golden try, right? Uh, the rarest of rarest, it's usually... And it was off the upright again. So, so like, that's the second <laughs> try this year that Paramount have been able to score through the upright. Um, yep. So, so an unbelievable... And, and look, just the resilience from from Parramatta to actually um to actually win this game i believe brad arthur has a four and one record against craig bellamy like head to head so an absolutely amazing record against the storm and um i I kind of remember the game they lost because i believe they should have won that game as well which is a few years ago in the finals if you if you recall a a sort of memorable game but look this is the this is the exciting thing about Parramatta. Um, but in many ways, this is also a frustrating thing about Parramatta. And I, and I think Click Gutherson has come out and said, uh, we need to play like we play against Melbourne every week. And I think with Parramatta, you could see here that on their day, they can beat anybody. And if their day is on the grand final, they can they can beat any team in the grand final, right? Um, um, you know, not necessarily... Uh, like because they've got to get there first, though. But they've got to get there first. And yeah. the thing is, they have the team to do it. Um, yeah. you know, are they the, you know, are they like yards in front? Like, you know, sometimes a lot of people think that the, the Panthers are, are well in front of everybody else. I wouldn't necessarily put them like that far ahead, but I think they could beat Penrith on their day. Uh, they could beat any team on their day. It's just that they've got to, you know, have, yeah, they're just going to get that missing link to get there. And, uh, and that's, uh, that, that was probably really exciting. Probably the other highlight is is probably the Cowboys. I kind of, you know, I did, I believe I did tip the Cowboys. Um, because the interesting thing I noticed about the first two weeks, they only they only let in one try in both their games, right? And you know, they were tipped to to be contention for the wooden spooners, along with my tigers, who I think are living up to their potential at the moment for the wooden spoon. But 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 coming back to the Cowboys, right? You know, they you know, they've built their uh season at the moment on defense, I think they're only something like minus 24 or something like against, right. You know, it's, they're like one of the best defensive teams in the competition right now, which I think is the real super surprise with the, um, um, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, you know, with, with the Cowboys. So look, there are my highlights. What about yourself? Dr. T? Look, I, I had to talk about the Eels all the time, but I will. I think my highlight of the round definitely was the Eels, I think, um, for a couple of reasons. So firstly, it's the fact that you're right about the record that 
Brad Arthur has against Bellamy. But if we look at in terms of the team, they've been in the storm on the last three occasions. So last three games, 3-0 against the storm, which is unheard of. Um, You know, that, that, I mean, it's fair to say that for a long, long time, the storm were the, the bogeymen of the, (laughs) of the, uh, of the eels, uh, the weakness, uh, but it's not so anymore. I think the, the eels have managed to work out a way to win consistently against the storm. I hope that if uh, if we end up meeting them in the final series, that we'll continue that and that we don't choke. Um, and I'm reminded, of course, as you said, that you know, it's the the fact that they can do this against one of the benchmark teams in the competition consistently shows that they're getting to a point where. They they just have to put themselves in the right position in the final series to be there on grand final day. And then you never know, we, I could finally end up getting that tip correct of the Eels winning um, the, the grand final. Um, you know, if you remember last year, they they narrowly lost to Penrith in uh in one of the semi-finals, and Penrith ended up beating the st- the Storm and then beating the Rabbitohs in the grand final. And in my mind, I think uh, the Eels could have beaten all of those teams uh, on the way to the grand final. So that, you know, it was it was very frustrating to think that, uh, and it was a very controversial loss as well at the end there against Penrith. Um, if you remember correctly, it was uh, a couple of very very dodgy kind of decisions. Uh, the Penrith player, uh, you know, the, taking their time and 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 pushing the boundaries of of um, interchange rules and things like that. And so, mm. and also the Eels would have felt that they were on on the ascendancy. So they, they felt they probably should have won that game as well. So, um, you know, it's all about, I guess, the this particular game against the Storm was, it's an indicator, if nothing else, of how, how the Eels are going to go this year. And I think the fact that, you know, they put themselves into a winning position, it happened to be Ray Stone who went from zero to hero in the space of of a week, if you remember, you know he was the reason why we was lost last week. And then, in the space of ten minutes, he uh, scored a miraculous try to put the Eels level with the Storm with a few minutes to go in in normal time. It was one of those uh, he somehow burst through the line, uh, passed it back onto the head of uh, a Melbourne player, who then the ball rebounded back to him, and he just sort of. Uh, I, th- I think it rebounded past him, and he had to go and collect it and um, and land on it. And so that that was a miraculous try, but that was then topped by the golden try, which was, as you said, it was uh, uh, Mitch Moses aiming for a field goal um, and hitting the crossbar, and then it bouncing back. And who was there? The only Eels player that thought of chasing the ball and not just standing there and watching it go over, actually realised the ball is still in play. You need Mm. to chase it. And he did. And as I could have it, it bounced right into his path. He did a bit of a a sidestep, you know, went past the fullback. Unfortunately, the sidestep meant that he had injured his knee because I think he didn't step properly. So as he landed, he clutched at his knee straight away. So, in that space of 10 minutes, he was the reason why we won that match. Um, we can't rely on one player, but what we can rely on, I think, is the kind of uh, the the determination 
and the grit yeah. to just keep fighting for every ball. So I think if, you know, regardless of whether Ray Stone is injured, whether he plays a part or not in the rest of the season and what part he plays, there's a lesson there for the Eels and for any team, really. you got to play to the very end and don't assume that you can just sort of uh, relax, you know, fight for every ball. And I think, uh, yeah, Ray Stone is a, the hero of the week if we ever have a... a um, you know, an award like that, definitely the hero of the week. So, and that really, again, t- for me, highlighted the highlight of the round, I think. Oh my um, God. All right. Sorry. What's that? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, yeah, you can continue. I, I, I've, I've got an injury update here for Racing, but I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, here we go. What's what's the update? <laughs> ACL. Oh, no. And oh, returning next long? season. He's out for the season, is he? Yeah, and he's changing clubs. Oh. So that, that was his last game for Parramatta. Well, you know what? If you're going to go out <laughs> on a high, you may as well go out with a memorable. What a memorable way to! What a memorable two points as well that he got us. And 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 you know those two points will be critical at the end of the season because it'll be the difference between a top four spot or or not. And I think for the Eels, we can't afford to not be in the top four this year. If we're going to make the grand final, we can't do it from the bottom four of the top eight. So I think, you know, Ray Stone, if we manage to scrape into the top four, we will remember you. We will, we will, uh, there will be a statue of a stone in front of (laughs) Combank Stadium. And people will go, what is this big log? What is this big stone, this big (laughs) rock? No, it is, Ray, it is the race stone. <laughs> it is the race stone, everyone. It's the official race stone. Um, but anyway, enough of the eels. I think uh, you know, multicultural rounds seem to be uh, a success. There was a lot of really great interest in uh, the different cultural backgrounds uh, in the NRL. A lot of really good like, little videos that the NRL put out in social media. Um, so, yeah, and so very uh, – a su- Success, but as we've said previously, I think the NRL can think about doing a little bit more than putting out some social media videos and actually, you know, bringing the multicultural mm. element to the games themselves. Um, you know, maybe yeah. thinking about different food kind of outlets at games, maybe mm. making a big song and dance about um, particular themed or focus sort of events. Yeah, uh, that are based on particular cultural groups. Uh, lots of things they could do, but and I don't, I didn't hear anything particular that they did. Uh, I don't know if you heard anything, Tish, in any of the games, but, um, but yeah, yeah, no, very, no and, very and interesting I think, round. Yeah, you're right. I didn't see anything that familiar, and I didn't see that much technology presence with the NRL, which is something that I think they really need to work on, right? You know, you got this multicultural round, come up with some, you know. Um, some multicultural uh, type videos, do you know what I mean? And, you know, some packages and just stuff that's everywhere, you know, just I think really promote the game. I think I think they have, um, I think the NRL, uh, I mean, the multicultural, to be honest, NRL, uh, rugby league has been such a multicultural sport for such a long time, actually, you know, and this is the inaugural season. So we're already late to the game as it is. Uh, right, but I, I really think the NRL. It's good that they've started, but I, but uh, but they, but I think they've got to realize there's lots of catching up to do. We can't just do these things subtly. I think we've got to go big. You know, we've got to go hard. We've got to be like Raystone. We've got to be chasing these kicks. You know, ninety um, percent. It, it is. It is ninety nine percent of the time. You look like an idiot just running, chasing a ball that's going to go like you know that's going to be kicked. But that one time it bounces off the. Uh, um, you know, 
uh, off the of post. The upright, yeah. You could score a try, win the team for you get for your team, and break your ACL all in one. You know, all in ten seconds, basically. You know, and that's what he did, and 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 he won. And you know, it, it's going to be a memorable. It's probably going to be a memorable part of his his life. But I, I think the NRL needs to have the same attitude sometimes when it comes to the um, you know, to all these initiatives. Right? It's great that you got all these initiatives, but really, I think just go all out. Like, just 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 pump. I mean, I know we've also got to be you know financially um, you know viable and things like that but i don't think it would be that expensive just to get more community involvement get more um you know just get like more things happening at games around games advertising it in different places advertising it in schools and just just whatever you can to 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 really get a community um yeah i don't know who's who's in charge of nrl uh community we need it we need, to, we need to talk to them on LinkedIn, don't we? Anyway. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> While yeah, I looked that up, let's probably on. Yeah, Hazamel Masri. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, is, right. Is, is he in charge of multicultural? Is he? Is he? I don't. I don't. I have no idea. He was for a while. He was a. It was a community kind of consultant. I. I guess at some point. I. Yeah. I have no idea. Let's. Let's look it up. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, the NRL can do a little bit more to kind of uh, evolve this idea, but I think as it's a good start. Um, and and certainly the games spoke for themselves in terms of the success of the round. Uh, let's so speaking of ideas that have caused issues in the game, let's go to tackle number two and talk about the New South Wales Rugby League boardroom blow up. Here we go. Right. There was a boardroom blow up in the New South Wales Rugby League. So this is a behind the scenes politics things mm. going on. Tish, what's what's been happening? What's the latest? Okay, okay. So look, this blow up actually happened before the start of the season, but some of the details and what the, some of the sides are arguing about are sort of coming out. But look, in the, in the meeting that they had earlier this season, at least two clubs um, have discussed breaking away these are Sydney clubs breaking away from the New South Wales Rugby League. Um, you know, after after uh, you know a blow up that happened in the boardroom, which saw, which saw the chairman George Paponis and Nick Politis leave. Um, you know, this you know leave the meeting uh, as they report. So now George Paponis, South Sydney, and Nick Politis Roosters. So <laughs> that was kind of interesting that they they were the two that decided to leave. But the fallout from the uh, AGM basically in February, um, you know, basically all the Sydney clubs seem to be united that they probably want to um, uh, break away or walk away from the New South Wales Rugby League and take their funds directly from the NRL rather than through the New South Wales RLW. Um, and then and then um, having a 20 million grant. Um, yeah, so that way the 20 million grant that the New South Wales Rugby League has that distributes it to the clubs, they want to actually get that directly from the NRL. And that would mean they want to take ownership back of the three-grade system, which was around for a long time where you had the President's Cup, the Reserve Grade and the First Grade all on the same day. And that would mean that New South Wales Rugby League will then only control the state of origin teams and country rugby league. So the you know the Sydney so the Sydney competitions, the um, you know the three grades, the NRL clubs want to actually take over from that part, and then almost be a separate entity to the New South Wales Rugby League, who's basically in charge of country rugby league and the state of origin teams. So that's 
kind of what the Sydney clubs want to do, and the New South Wales Rugby League is obviously trying to stop that. Um, that seems to be where everybody's playing. Dr. T, just your thoughts on the fallout, and, and what are your thoughts on, on having the three grades in one day again um, for the Sydney teams, at least anyway? Yeah, just to be clear, so Peponis is actually uh, from the Bulldogs. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, and Lotus, obviously, Roosters. No, that's all right. The three grades issue. So I think, so look, I'm not 100% clear on all the politics and reasoning behind what uh, <clears throat> what each of the parties wanted. But if we're just talking about what's what could be the fallout in terms of going back to three grades, um, look, I don't know what it means in terms of uh, the salary cap and things like that. I know that uh, the fact that we've got, you know, feeder clubs at the at the lower grades uh, feeding into the NRL kind of level teams makes it really confusing. Like if you talk about, you know, you you know that South Sydney player gets dropped to a lower grade, they end up playing for North Sydney Bears or something like that. Yeah. It makes no sense to the to the general punter. Yeah. Um, it it if anything, if I'm gonna be really honest, I think we have to go back to the way things were where the club had control over the entire pathway, not just of you know, like basically it encourages teams to grow their their youth, uh, develop them within the same club, and you've got control over you know the different grades, and then the purpose of the three 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 grades on game day is that you can get to see the really young players, then the reserve graders, and then mm. uh, and then the the first grade if you want to. Um, and, and the fact is that they're all there's there's a club feel to the day that it's not it's not like um, it's not like you know oh okay we've got you know wh- who's playing in the reserve grade game well it's you know Wentworthville versus whatever well that's got nothing to do mm. no connection with the first grade game and to me. We've lost something when we moved away from that. I mean, I know we may have said things differently in the past, but now that I think about it, I think uh, going back to the three grades, uh, it's not just good for nostalgic reasons. There's got to be a real reason why it's, it's beneficial to do that. And I think it's the ability to for the club to connect and have a pathway for the entire team so that you know you go to a ground if it's Southland Bulldogs in first grade, it's going to be Southland Bulldogs in reserve grade and in in the under whatever it is, under 23s or whatever mm. comp there is. And that way you get it's it's truly a Souths versus Bulldogs day, you know, yeah. or, or whatever the teams are. And I think I think it's just it seems cleaner that way to do it that way. It seems easier to uh, to sell and advertise as opposed to a a convoluted kind of, you know, who's in reserve grade or whatever, or the the backup um, game, the, the you know, the pre-game before the main game is a completely different set of teams. It just makes no sense. And and I think, um, yeah, so you're going to miss you're going to miss having the other teams in involved on those days uh, if you do that. So there's. Uh, yeah, who knows whether that's even going to happen. But anyway, so that's my view. What, what's your view? Yeah, well, look, it is um, – we probably need some sort of uh, commissional report, <laughs> some sort of research into what is the best way. 
because I think you've got two. You got two. You got a few different things that you have to try and address. Okay, developing players. I think the three club or the three game, uh, yeah, three level system is is as you said. The I think it's actually the best system because it creates real rivalries, right? Um, and then you've got players who are making the grades. You know, um, you know the Presidents Cup. I think was the under twenty threes competition or under eighteens, whatever that competition was. It was like the young players that um, you know that are getting themselves ready for the NRL. Then you had reserve grade, right? And you had the reserve grade teams were some former NRL players that you know, are sort of the, um, you know, are sort of the backup players and so forth, along with a few developing players and a really, you know, really interesting sort of competition. And then you have the first grade, right? And first grade is obviously the, ma- the main competition. And I think now with, with, with what we have in the world in terms of isolations and COVID restrictions and all that sort of thing, um, I think NRL clubs need to have more players in their roster um, across different grades, so that a the ones that are not playing have a game to play, um, and can have a real team spirit behind their game um, that they play on the weekend, which would happen if they're all under the same team. And um, you know they've got enough players for like, for example, when um, you know four or five players get tested co- you know, um, positive for COVID on the day, um, you've got other players. You, you know, you could bring up other players through their system that they already have, um, and then and then the issue around junior development is okay. So if the cl- okay, so this is where I think the clubs or the three thing sort of falls apart a little bit for them, because I don't know how much I know. Some clubs seem to be very very interested in developing their players, right? Um, and some don't seem to be that interested either, right? And then you've also got to think about not just developing the, the the kids that are coming through the Sydney Sydney competition, but you also got to think about the ones that are growing up in the country. So I think each NRL uh, team needs to get associated with a country rugby league area, um, like the Sydney ones at least anyway, so that players that are playing in that country area, their development pathway comes through uh, you know, comes through to the NRL and it gives kids in the country a chance to play rugby as well. Um, something well, to play rugby league in the top grade, which I think is a big thing for, for country rugby league, right? And then how New South Wales, how the 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 New South Wales rugby league actual, uh, you know, entity and how what they operate and how what they run, you know, how that works in conjunction with, with, with this system, yeah, I think it needs to be worked out. <laughs> so probably, mm. a, to be honest, probably a blowout uh, is probably a good thing because people are taking sides. I know, which sounds bad, but at least they're discussing something, right, that is an issue. So we've identified an issue. Now we just need to figure out what is the best path forward um, for the game. And I think that's a and, – and I think you've got one element that was, you know, it probably neglected before but probably needs discussion too which is how does the nrlw fit into this as well and how do their pathways work as well because i think you also got to provide that now as well and i think those all those elements putting together it just means that there needs to be a a whole structural change to uh, uh, you know to the whole situation so hopefully they'll figure it out um uh, i don't know like you know this is kind of like the difference between new south Wales and queensland right like i'm sure they've got you know, Queensland rugby league boardroom blowouts. 
Queenslanders, they always stick together in the end anyway, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Whereas for us, we yeah, seem to have too yeah. many administrations um, competing against each other's interests, right? That's right. Um, look, my final point is that you've raised a good point about the bringing the women's game in. Why not turn the three games into women's game, reserve grade, and an NRL men, mm. you know? And what about way, an intergender game? Uh, well, I don't think you'll have yeah, the, enough players. the world. The world is not ready for that yet. Okay, all right. The world is not ready for that. But you, you, as usual, you are a visionary, Tish. <laughs> uh, the world is not ready for your ideas, I think, just yet. But um, but it's a good idea. It's a good idea. All right, um, let's move on to tackle number three. Here we go. Right, so as we mentioned at the top of the episode, there was a a big hit that has been uh, taken over the internet by storm. And no, I'm not talking about Mitch Barnett's hit on Chris Smith on the weekend. He's elbow, disgusting elbow to the throat that has led to a length. Has it led to a lengthy suspension? I don't know, but if it doesn't, if it hasn't already, it should. Yeah. Um, but but I'm also talking about the big hit on with a Will Smith and Chris Rock at the mm. Oscars this week, which is uh, look. You'd think that there's nothing important like a war or a pandemic going on mm. <laughs> because that's all that people are talking about. Um, and look, I like to say that it's a non-event, and you know we shouldn't be talking about it because it's rugby league. But Tish, the more I looked into it, the more I realised we can't get away from. A what I'm going to classify a royally violent conspiracy that links these two seemingly random events together, and I want to I want to sort of play for you some facts, some cold hard facts that to me indicate without a shadow of a doubt that there is something going on that it was, there's a conspiracy going on between the NRL and the Oscars. And and here is here it is. So look, there there are some connections between. Well, you know, look, Mitch Barnett is a Newcastle Knight, plays for the Newcastle Knights, and and that is obviously a uh, it's, it's a royal kind of uh, mm. a moniker, a royal title. And of course, let's not forget Will Smith was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, another royal royal connection, connection there, absolutely. Let's not forget also that Will Smith played Hitch in the movie Hitch, which, of course, heralds Mitch Barnett mm. from the Newcastle Knights. There is a connection there, Tish. I know it sounds a bit far-fetched, but, you know, it's there. And, look, let's not forget that Mitch Barnett elbowed Chris Smith, yeah. who is the same surname as Will Smith. Wow. Again, it's say what you will conspiracy theorist but i i fail to see anything but a connection here um and and of course uh i have no other connection oh yeah you got another one there you go yeah well you know many say that the mitch barnett hit is a king hit and what movie did will smith win the academy award for king richard oh wow wow Wow, this is just uh, unbelievable. Yeah, let's not forget that uh, that Will Smith 
it was in Bad Boys and Mitch Barnett was a bad boy with what he did. And he wasn't too bright either. Yes. And that's another. And, and I don't think you could call him a legend, which is I am legend. Uh, so, you know, look, you can just go through Will Smith's entire movie career and see and concussion. He's, he was in concussion, which obviously is a big deal for the NRL. Uh, you know the 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 after effects mm. of concussion. You know it's HIA. That's right. Which is where H-I- unfortunately Chris Smith ended. <laughs> That's right. After that, in <laughs> as well. So unfortunately, yeah. and look, it's there are so many connections. Mm. Obviously, he played a superhero named Hancock, which of course course uh no relation to michael hancock of the queensland uh maroons you know men in black Mm. will smith famously men in black and of course who does chris smith play for the panthers who are obviously considered the men in black black panthers uh let's not forget uh he was also in wild wild west and obviously penrith panthers is considered the West, the 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 kings of the West in Western Sydney, the, Tish. There are too many connections. Yeah, for me to think that this is not a grand conspiracy. Well, uh, well beyond our pay grade here. So look, do you know when this conspiracy is? Oh, look, look, look. Um, I've I've gone and done my research. Right, I've spoken to I've spoken to Dan Brown, um, as well. Um, uh, you know, uh. <laughs> oh, no. to, to try to try and piece together the exact origins of this, and it all goes back to King Richard the Lionheart. <laughs> King hit King Richard the Lionheart, his namesake, you know Richard Williams, um, you know the uh, tennis players' fathers. Will Smith wins award, you know, in honor calls it King Richard, the same King Richard the Lionheart, who founded a secret society known as. The Knights Templar. Wow, this the connections are absolutely That's unbelievable. Right. And and another name for the for the Knights Templar or the modern age name of the Knights Templar is the Freemasons, <laughs> right? And of course, Willie Mason was an NRL player. I mean, the connections Willie, here, yeah, yeah, are so just look, too strong. This is dangerous territory. If there is oh, no show next week. Uh, delete our why. browser history. Delete, delete our browser browser. history. That's that's right. <laughs> Tell our families we love them. <laughs> that's right. That's this, right. This is just too much. This is too mm. much to bear. Look, mm, mm. they're, they're mind controlling us without without coffee. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, there, there is something I need to say, Tish, which is uh, look. I'd love to say April Fool's Day coming up <laughs> <laughs> very soon. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but but the more we got into the this research, the more I'm thinking maybe we fooled ourselves. Maybe that's real. Yeah. Maybe there's a real connection here. I don't know. Look, there is. Let's not forget as well. But let's not go into. I think mm. uh, Will Smith's uh, isn't he in the Church of Scientology or something? I'm not sure. And <laughs> so there, there's going to be other connections. I'm sure there's other connections there with Dan Brown. And uh, you know, anyway, let's not let's not mm. go into that. But and Raystone look- scores the winning <laughs> try, and Chris Rock gets hit. I'd say wow, uh, it's a stone and a rock. Wow, <laughs> this is Tish. I'm. Th- you better stop talking, Tish, because we are going to get. Uh, we are going to get. We are going to get hitch slapped. 
I'm surprised no one's come up with each slapped as the uh, <laughs> as a Twitter handle. But anyway, there you go. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on? I think we move on. So yeah. Track I think on we number do. four. Track on number four is about reality TV and the role that rugby league players have mm. on this. So, Tish, what do you have in store for us? Well, thank you, Dr. T. Inspired by Darius Boyd's appearance on SAS Australia, right? And Darius Boyd was a player. He was a Queensland player. He's a player I didn't really like. I didn't have a lot of respect sometimes for Darius Boyd, if I'm being completely honest, uh, only because of the way he kind of did some really bad interviews, you know, where he sort of fronted in the media and didn't say anything. And, um, but, you know, SAS Australia, I was in tears when he was reading out what they call a death letter, which is a letter that you read out, um, you know, in front of the group of, uh, of what you want to tell, you, tell your family uh, if you happen to pass away. <laughs> So it is very morbid, like morbid, wow. right? Yeah. Um, but he does uh, talk about, you know, he grew up uh, with only his mum, his grandmother and himself and, you know, how much, you know, all, all the problems they've gone through in their marriage and the kids and everything. And it was it was quite emotional. And then I would say that it did not necessarily give me an excuse for any of the, you know, stuff that he has done, but it did sort of explain a lot of what was going on as well. So, and I think there was like, you know, there's sometimes we see these headlines and articles and different things about NRL players and we could reach a particular conclusion, um, but we don't realise what the human impact is uh, on them. And I think in a, in a weird way, even though reality TV is not really reality sometimes, um, but you do see a different aspect of players. So with that said, you know, I thought, why don't we celebrate rugby league players post rugby league career getting themselves involved in um you know in in reality tv you know um i think it's pretty exciting so i've come up with a starting 13 of nrl reality rugby league players do you want to hear this list dr t oh look i am so excited to hear about nrl players uh, actually doing something valuable after their careers are over <laughs> yeah. Nothing now, more valuable than getting on reality TV. So away yeah. we go. Do we have enough for a lineup? You, we do have enough for a lineup for a 13-man team. Now, I must say um, there are some people playing out of position um, because there are certain positions not represented and others represented very well, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm interested to see which positions are not well represented. Okay. That's, so, that's, let, let's, see, let's see. Go through it. Go through okay. It. So fullback, I've got Bo Ryan. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he played a bit of fullback, but he mostly played on the wing, right? But it's because I want to keep the wingers the way they are. But obviously, well, he was in I'm a yep. Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And he even hosts his own um, celebrity TV show, right? Um, is it Race Around the World? or uh, race? It's, uh, uh, it's uh, The Amazing Race. The Amazing Australia. Race. The Amazing Race Australia, yeah. And he's a pretty good host, actually. It's a very entertaining this, the season that I saw. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, the wingers, I love these wingers. Are you ready? Andrew Enninghausen from Survivor Australia and Martin wow. O'Fire from Dancing Whoa. with the Stars. Did he do Dancing with the Stars? In wow. the UK, he did Dancing with the Stars. Wow. And 
Yeah, and it's um there there is a moment where Martin O'Fire runs ninety meters and gets tackled by Andrew Enninghausen at the uh, at the end. There was a there was a test match where that happened. I think it was a Great Britain versus Australia match. It could have been in the Ashes, yeah, one of the Ashes games. Yeah, yeah. Now the centers, what a deadly pair of centers. Matt Rogers, Survivor, and Matt Cooper, Celebrity Big Brother. Really. <laughs> oh, he did pretty good. Did he do pretty good at Celebrity Big Brother? I mean, he basically had to do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. And and to be honest, he was a bit unrecognisable. Okay, <laughs> as well. But he did he did well. Yeah, he he did well in obviously all the physical challenges. So, so I think I think that was there, yeah. right? Now, Darius Boyd, I've put him in the five eighth. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. He has played 5'8", so that's yeah. fair enough. And I've got Anthony Mundine as halfback. He was in the original Celebrity Big Brother when it was on Channel 10. Well, I'm not surprised at all that Anthony Mundine uh, sought the attention of reality TV after his football career. Not surprised at all. So, yeah, good to see him there. Yeah. So, um, the props, I've got Paul Harrigan from I'm a Celebrity. Uh, get me out of here. And Sam Fireday. Right, I think he was an anonymous celebrity too, but I remember him from Celebrity Come Dine with Me, where he used the Thermomax for all of his dishes. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, okay, and then um, sorry, sorry, can I just say that is without having seen that, that has made me interested to look look this up. So <laughs> let us know if this is on YouTube or whatever, because. Right, look, that just epitomizes Sammy Thayday, uh the, the way he played, you know, just taking the easy option. Uh, was he the third man in as he was in, in most tackles? Maybe not. But, look, that's very interesting. All right, well done, Sammy yeah. Thayday. Yeah. So, and then, look, um, the second rowers, I've got Chris Smith, um, who was married to Danny Minogue, played in the English Super League and um, was in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here in Australia and a couple other shows as well. I think he even hosted Dancing with the Stars at one point. <laughs> and Daniel Conn, who played for the Roosters, but he's in an episode of Geordie Shaw as a personal trainer. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, I think he's even got a grand final uh, victory un- under him, like, as well. So, yeah. Um, and really? I don't, I've never heard of him. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And Sam Burgess, um, uh, you know. Of course. Uh, you know. SAS, SAS Australia. SAS yeah, Australia. And then, yeah. look, dummy half, I've got um, the croc, Michael Crocker, who was in this year's Survivor. As well as dummy half, I did look it up on Wikipedia. He was known for being a lock forward, but it does actually say that he did play hooker as well. So, you know, he sort of gets the nod uh, um, as well. Oh, so, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I see. I see. Yeah. Now, the interesting oh. thing about Michael Crocker is that if you actually look at his uh, Survivor page, if you go to the Survivor Show website, they they don't actually have him as Michael Crocker. They just have him as Croc. That's his. That's his name. Oh my god. So so I'm like, <laughs> has this has his name legally been changed to just Croc or what, what's up with that? So what do you it's think about this mili- Military nickname. It's just a military it's nickname, I guess. Military, yeah. But what do, you, what do you think of this lineup there, Dr. T? Look, I think that's a solid lineup. I mean, look, they've got some gaps there in the second <laughs> row in forwards. But look, it, oh, man, if you – that back line is just superb, isn't it? Yeah. I mean – the yeah, back five I mean, is tremendous. If, let, 
That's right. Uh, but with Bo Ryan there at fullback, I mean, that just tops it all off, doesn't it? I mean, I think, <laughs> look, now to be honest, you could have easily put ET in, in fullback and Bo Ryan on the wing, which I think is yeah. the position he used to play. Um, but ET could have played anywhere. And and look, equally, you could have swapped Boyd and Matt Rogers. You could put Boyd mm. in the centres. And Matt Rogers was a pretty handy 5'8 as well. So, yeah. you know. But what a what an interesting ah, that backline yeah. is unbelievable. I mean, Martin of Fire, Anthony Mundine, would have loved to have seen those. And Matt Cooper, I've got to say, like we, I remember Cooper when it was Gaznier and Cooper, yeah, in the Dragons centres, and they were like virtually unbeatable. Yeah, and and people forget that even though Gaznier had the, you know, he obviously had the skills and the pedigree and was the more celebrated of the two. Matt Cooper was kind of pretty solid. I mean, he was defensively much more solid than Gaznia, but he also played very much a straight game. So I think, you know, not a ball player like Reg, uh, uh, like, uh, sorry, Gaznia was, but definitely, um, definitely a kind of a very skillful player to have defensively as well in your lineup. So I think, yeah, that's a top, top back line there. Uh, so I, it, I'm getting the sense that, there's a lot more uh, backs than forwards that go into, you know, reality TV shows. Yeah. What's that telling us? I'm not sure what that's saying. Well, well, a couple of things that I deduced from this. Firstly, that um, if you play for the Dragons, you end up on Big Brother. <laughs> Is it? Because that's what happened to Matt Cooper and Anthony Mundine, the only Dragons players on this list, right? Um, right. Um, whereas if you if you're like a Roosters guy, well, not really Roosters, but I think the Souths, you can see that there's a big like you know sort of Sam Burgess, Michael Crocker, a few of these guys, you know. Um, I think, uh, or maybe not Bo Ryan, but but they kind of, um, you know that you know these guys are on Survivor and stuff like this, a bit, a bit more of a like ET, I suppose, a bit more of a tougher sort of thing. And then yeah, you're kind of right, you kind of. The halfback was interesting. I, I like I couldn't really find a halfback. Anthony Monday was more of a five eight than a halfback. So I was trying to find a halfback that played. And there, there could be somebody out there. And please, if anybody knows, uh, happy happy to sort of um, you know slot that in uh, into this lineup. You know, because like uh, I think if there is a halfback that did any sort of celebrity, like you know TV show, that would be that would be amazing. Because like, like I think yeah, but for some reason yeah, the halfbacks and stuff like that, and yeah, and probably the forwards. Um, you know, I suppose Paul. I'm a celebrity as much as it is a fun show. It's not really a, uh, it's not really a, a show where you've got to like uh, physically do stuff. So that's where I think you see the forwards come at their uh, strength, <laughs> right? And then Friday gets in with a cooking show. Let's 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 uh, let's be honest, right? Where he didn't even well, Thermomax cooking is cooking, but it's like uh, you know air frying as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not it for the purists out there it's uh it's the lazy easy way out but uh tish before we finish i i do want to say there is one name there that i re- remember and it was triggered by one of your lineup one person that's missing yep and i'm thinking et and obviously who was et's partner in the centers mark mcgall who was oh. on the show Gladiator? Do you remember Gladi- yes. oh, Gladiator? Sorry, Gladiators, not Gladiator. Yeah. Who I believe he played. Who did he play? He played Hammer. He played a character called Hammer on Gladiators mm. in the mid nineties, I believe, in Australia. 
Um, yeah, so I think if if there's any chance we can slot him into this lineup, reshuffle the back line a bit. I think I think you could put um, you could Mark put him in there. Maybe maybe with ET, you know, uh, in the centres, they were a deadly combination for the Blues and Australia. But yeah, uh, the, but that to me was a bit of a standout that that I think uh, um, yeah, and and. And and you know a bit of a where where are they now? Mark McGaw is is, is now the founder of the Mark McGaw Institute of Sports Science. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Wow. So there you go. There you go. So look, yeah, I would say the only omission there is Mark McGaw. Um, you know, maybe even for for a Matt Cooper in for a Cooper or something like that, because I think uh, McGaw was kind of started the trend. Of, he's like the godfather of uh, ex rugby league players going into you know reality TV. Yeah, so I think uh, definitely that that's the only suggestion I would make. But what a brilliant lineup, though. Uh, regardless of that, I think yeah, absolutely. There's so many players that obviously they they find uh, they're a bit bored with their time and that they feel like they want to go on TV and. And uh, either show off their physical prowess or do nothing and sit around in a Big Brother um, household for a few weeks. Well, um, but would you consider Ninja Warrior as a uh, as a reality TV show? Um, probably not because it's not really scripted. It's like a competition type competition, show. Competition, yeah. Whereas all the others are well. I mean, maybe I suppose you could consider it a yeah real. It's a, it's a competition. It's a challenge kind of game. But yeah, and I, I know there are some that would have done. Paul that, Gallon gets gets in. Paul Gallon, yeah. <laughs> Even though he well, was horrible, I mean, at, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like a lot of these, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you could consider that. Yeah. As yeah. a yeah. And look, and some 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 people, if you really think about it. You know, uh, sport in itself is reality TV, <laughs> right? No, because, well, yeah, <laughs> because it's not scripted and it's on TV, right? And um, yeah, what they're playing for is real. <laughs> well, I think, well, I think, I think that obviously the difference is that we, if we're talking about the kinds of TV shows that are kind of, uh, you know, you can't, you can't go and buy tickets to. Uh, SAS Australia or Celebrity, mm. yeah, Survivor or whatever. It's it's a show that's put on, mm. you know, for the cameras only. So I think, in that respect, yeah, sport is a different kettle mm. of fish. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I see yeah. where you're going with that. But yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah, to absolutely. get very Aristotle or Nietzsche on 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 the show here today, but yeah, it's very existential discussion <laughs> there. But look, that's really great, Tish. Good good bit of research there. Uh, as usual, uh, you know, if we can, if there's anything where we can link it to a top 13 and make a, a rugby league team out of it, we will. Mm. <laughs> so look out for the next one. Um, you know, we might even do a top, uh, you know, top 13 uh, next week. We might do a, in honor of Will Smith, a top 13 uh, toughest actors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Will, Will Smith will obviously be. Uh, on the bench for that one because <laughs> we, we don't want to risk him getting suspended mm. or violent acts on the field. So there you go. All right, let's move on to tackle number five. 
and we are going to talk about the NRLW finals. Here we go. All right, so we've had for the last few weeks the NRLW season uh, coming to its conclusion. We are moving into the finals series, and it's going to start this week on Sunday, the 3rd of April at Leichhardt Oval, where we're going to see the St. George Illawarra Dragons playing the Gold Coast Titans at 12 p.m., followed by Brisbane Broncos against the Sydney Roosters at 1.45 p.m. Uh, the standings at the end of five rounds of the NRLW season were obviously the Broncos ended up first uh, as expected, the Dragons second, Titans third, and the Roosters fourth. So we've got a very simple 1v4, 2v3 kind of lineup here for mm. the semifinals. And the two teams that missed out on the finals were Parramatta, who came fifth, and Newcastle, who came sixth. So... How does it work out? Well, um, basically, it's as simple as the winners of these games will progress directly to the grand final, which will be played on the 10th of April. So nothing really complicated here. Um, But it's important to know, yeah, 1v4 to v3, and the winners of those will go into the grand final on April 10th. Um, And uh, and let's not forget, this is the first ever NRLW finals series um, and I believe that there's going to be some interesting uh, things on for fans to because it is a special occasion, the first time that we've had um, the NRLW Telstra Premiership semifinals. Mm-hmm. If you go down to Leichhardt Oval this Sunday, those of you in Sydney or elsewhere, you will receive uh, mini footballs that will be thrown into the uh, to the stands by uh, to to fans thanks wow. to Chemist Warehouse. So there you go. Mm. And fans can also get their face painted and hair braided. Thanks to Harvey Norman. Wow. I think Jerry Harvey will be out there personally painting your face. Okay. Um, so please get out there. And obviously there will be uh, there also be a giveaway, a jersey giveaway uh, with uh, base, uh, from Telstra with their in-game fan cam for those wow. of you there. And if you can't get to the game, You can actually watch it on TV. So we do often talk about the fact that there's not much TV coverage for the women's game, but there is for Mm. the finals. We're going to see it live on Channel 9. It's also going to be on KO and Fox League. So whether you subscribe via streaming or have Foxtel or just want to watch it for free, you are going to get it uh, any which way. So it's, you know, choose your own adventure in terms of the commentary team that you want to listen to. Um, and, and yeah, check your local guides for information, but Tish, I thought there was a a very quick way to just let our fans know that, um, you know, the NRL W final series is upon us and, uh, it's a, it's the first time we're doing it. So it's a big occasion, uh, obviously leading into a grand final, uh, on the 10th of April, um, Bit of a shame we couldn't do this <laughs> to match and line up with the men's grand final, which is, I think, what we've, di- we've done in previous years. So I don't know why we've gone away from that. Mm. Very, very strange. Um, I, I So I kind of, you know, have a bit of disagreement with the NRO in terms of timing. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know why the female, the women's game is done and dusted so early in the year when we've still got so much to happen in the men's well, game. Uh, they might be playing something at the end of the season too. I'm not 100% sure on where this is. This could be because I don't think they got to play the season last year because we were in lockdown. Maybe it's got to do something with that. I'm not entirely sure. But um, look, may this final series be the start of something really, really great, you know, a women's revolution. I think it's happening. Um, it's it's really growing quite well. And I think even the TV ratings are doing phenomenally well. So um, I think well done to to all to, to all the players, like from all the six teams that they've, they've played really well, all to the coaches and club, clubs and, um, you know, because uh, they're all doing it. They're, you know, they're not paid as much as what the NRL players have played. You know, there's some really great stories out there of what they're doing to sacrifice themselves to play in the NRL. So I think it's they should really be commended. And, you know, I think it's more of a seller. Yes, we want to see good football. Yes, we want to see competitive competitions. Yes, you know, it's great to see them win as well. But I think it should also be... A, a good way for us to celebrate the growing, like rugby league growing, you know, growing, um, you know, not just in, um, you know, just not just in one gender, but in, in, in another gender as well. Right. In, in or another gender group. Cause I don't, cause you know, that's also, uh, there's still, there's still only 70 genders to go, but you know, it's good to at least <laughs> another one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. no, you're right. But diversity, the you know, the diversity is, is the celebration, right? So, um, yep. which is great. So I think it's it's absolutely phenomenal. And look, unlike the AFL, if you do receive a mini football, you don't have to return it. Oh, that's that's rough. Yeah. That's rough, buddy. That's a rough one, buddy. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's move on to our final tackle where we, we tip round four in the NRL. Here we go. So last week was pretty good for both of us. I got six out of eight correct. You got five out of eight, which brings our total so far. Uh, you're in the lead, 17, and I'm one behind on 16. Um, so let's just quickly go through uh, before I begin. Uh, here we go. Let me just find it. So Titans versus the Tigers. Um, look, this will be a a tight one, I think. But I think the Titans are going to win this one. What about you, Tish? Well, after three weeks of not tipping the Tigers and them not winning, I'm going to tip the Tigers this time around. Uh, good news for the Tigers. Uh, you know, uh, biased referee Ziggy, right, who uh, disallowed that legal try, <laughs> is not. And we don't have a Sutton coach uh, refereeing. So I think the Tigers should do well. So, uh, yes, yeah, so the Tigers are going on this one. Well done. Sharks versus Knights. Uh, I think the Sharks are really impressing me this year, and I think they're, they're going to challenge for top four. And I think uh, the first of the April Fool's Day games, and I think they will fool everyone with a thrashing of the Knights. Yeah, this is a, this is a real tough one to decide on. Uh, but because it's at the uh, points bet stadium, I'm going to give it to the Sharks. Wait, points bet, is that Oh, yeah, because what's... Uh... Yeah, that's insane. Oh, there's blue yeah. bet, points bet. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, Sh- too many, Shark Park. there's too many bets. There's too many bets, yeah. So, look, I think, yeah, I think at Shark Park, the Sharks are going to be too strong. Uh, Penrith. So, blue bet, yeah, Penrith. Yeah. Versus South Sydney. Grand final replay. Yeah. Uh, 
I think the Rabbitohs will exact their revenge, and I think they've got a lot to prove. I think the the they want. They want to defeat the Panthers now to show that they're in contention, that they are contenders. And I think, uh, you know, that victory against the Roosters did them some good in terms of confidence, but I'm looking for Latrell Mitchell to step up his game a bit and and lead them through these uh, tough sort of litmus test type games. And I think the Rabbitohs will win this one. Yeah, look, the Rabbitohs have been uh, building, building, building. So that is positive, but the Panthers... You know, they were all, yeah, the Knights tried to take them out with uh, some illegal play. But this weekend, it's the, re- the return of the prodigal son, um, Nathan Cleary. So, in that way, I feel like the Panthers are going going to go really hard in this game. So, I'm going to tip the Panthers on this one. All right. The Warriors versus the Broncos. Now, it's hard to pick the Warriors. I mean, they, they did well against the Tigers last week, but I think. The Broncos, despite being thrashed by the Cowboys, I think they're in contention for the top eight still. Yeah. So I'm looking to see them bounce back. So Broncos for mine. Yeah, I think so too. I think the difference between these two teams is the stability that Adam Reynolds would provide. So we're going to tip the Broncos. Um, um, yeah, uh, as this one as well. I suppose the yeah, that's probably it. Because yeah, I, yeah I, I'm trying to think who organises for the Warriors. Um, yeah, so I'm going to tip the Broncos. Yeah. All right, Manly Warringah versus Canberra. Will Canberra exact revenge over the 1987 Grand Final? <laughs> um, look, I think Manly are on top so far mm. this season. I think that the Raiders were lucky to get away with a win against the Titans. As as buoyed as they are in their emotional roller coaster journey during that game, where they were behind 22 nil at one point, I believe. Um, I don't think the the Seagulls – well, in saying that, they haven't really – I mean, they didn't really impress against the Bulldogs. They just snuck through there as well. So both teams have been a bit unimpressive, but I think the Seagulls have been less unimpressive yeah. than the Raiders, so I'm tipping them. Yeah, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with you. I think the Seagulls – on paper, I feel like they're much stronger, and I think um, that will – and it's a home game for them, so I'm going to tip the Eagles. Now, Cowboys and Roosters, um, you know – this will be an interesting one, a very interesting one, because the Cowboys surprised me last week. Uh, you know, we did yeah. think after the first couple of games that they would, uh, you know, poor old Toddy Payton would be on the chopping block. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, but he's far from it, right? He's far from it now. And I think um, if they can pull this off, which I think they will, I'm tipping the Cowboys against the Roosters. I'm still adamant that the Roosters will not make the top eight this year. Um I know it's a bit of a big call. I know that we've got the likes of Sam Walker and others that have uh, shone in the first few weeks this season. And I still think that potentially this game will give me an indication of whether I'm way off in my prediction on the Roosters or or whether the Cowboys will go back to their uh, losing ways. So I think the Cowboys will win this one at home at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. There you go, another bank. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to tip the Cowboys as well. I think they're building, so go the Cowboys. Storm versus Bulldogs. Um, usually hard to predict a Bulldog-Storm mm. match. Uh, I think the Storm, look, they, yes, they lost to the Eels, but they were such high quality, uh, and I don't think we've seen that from the Bulldogs. I think the Storm will win this one at Amy Park on a Sunday afternoon very easily. Yeah, I'm going to tip. 
Um, I'm going to tip the Storm as well. All right, and finally, the Eels and Dragons. Uh, no brainer for me. Eels will thrash the Dragons uh, on this one. Yeah, I'm going to tip, uh, yeah, the Eels as well. And finally, look, we talked about the NRLW semis. Uh, I thought let's just do some quick tips as well for even though we haven't really paid too much attention to the women's game, uh, I think it's the crunch end of the season, the business end of that season. So let's focus on that. So, look, we've got the Dragons. Again, I said two versus three. I think the Dragons will win this one. That's my tip. Um, uh, you know, we've got the likes of Sergis and others that are, have still been playing very well for the Dragons, and they're the biggest, I think, challenges to the Broncos. So the Dragons will get through to the grand final against the Titans. What about you? Yeah, I am going to tip, um, yeah, the Broncos. Uh, no, 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 Dragons and Titans, Dragons, mate. Dragons and Titans, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. I'm You're obviously tip... picking the Broncos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to tip the Broncos in the other one, but this one I'm going to tip the Titans. Oh, you're gonna tip an? Are you gonna tip an all Queensland grand final? Yeah, because I really like they. I saw them play and I thought they played really well. So um, I haven't seen the Dragons play to be fair. So, but I, I did see the Titans play and I thought they did fantastic. Yeah, look, that's a distinct possibility. I think. Um, yeah, or right, there you go. It's the Titans for you and Broncos Roosters. I think both of us are going to tip the Broncos. They're clearly the number one team. Uh, it sounds like you're tipping an all Queensland affair, which will be very interesting. I'm not sure where they're playing. I know we talked about it earlier. Where are they playing the? I think you said final? one was at like, uh, but but yeah, where they're playing the grand final, I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure where they're playing the grand final, but I know that the um, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have that information. I know that the semi finals are at Leichhardt Oval on Sunday, the 3rd of April. And look, for those of you in Sydney, I think Leichhardt Oval on a Sunday afternoon. As long as it's not raining, pelting down, is a is a very special occasion. It's like a grassroots kind mm. of stadium, you know, close to some really, really awesome kind of nightlife and restaurants and things like that, um, and a really good atmosphere. You know, you can sit up on the hill, get your blanket out, picnic blanket, bring some uh, food and drinks and things, and enjoy enjoy getting a your face painted by Jerry Harvey from Harvey Norman. Why not? What a great afternoon uh, that you could do. So, look, our tips there, that ends our tips. And I believe that ends our ep- our episode today. We've got nothing else to say yeah. except enjoy the football, everyone. Please don't slap each other <laughs> if you get angry. Um, let's not do that. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Email us at rorepublic at gmail.com if you have any uh, queries or questions or anything you want to talk to us about. Uh, we'd love to hear some feedback on what we can do better to make this an enjoyable podcast for you as you drive into work or do your cleaning around the house or whatever. Tish, thank you so much. We've covered a lot of ground today as as Ray Stone did in his uh, game against the storm. Hopefully we haven't got ACL injuries out of it like he did, but, uh, and you know, all the best here, Ray, by the way, let's dedicate this episode to Ray Stone's recovery. We need more players like him at the Eels with, with a lot of passion who fight for every ball. Tish over to you to wrap this up. Well, thank you, Dr. Tan. I'd like to thank everybody for listening, but that's all the time that we have for this edition of the rugby league Republic. We're your hosts, Tish and Dr. T join us next time on the rugby league Republic. Bye for now.